What's up, everyone? You have been here from the Overland Trail Guides crew. This is our podcast. It's been a while since we did the last one, but we're back at you with episode 18. And we're going to be talking about the Black Rock Desert of Nevada today. Um, you can get more information about Overland Trail Guides at www.overlandtrailguides.com. The website features, I think it's upwards of 60 routes across North America now. I think there's upwards of, of 25,000 miles of, of curated overland routes in Canada, the United States, of course, as well as Mexico. So the best way to support us, head over to the website and you can purchase a subscription that's going to give you access to all of those digital map, mapping files, GPX files, things of that nature. Um, we also have a number of adventure badges in patch as well as decal format. Maybe we'll end up with one here for the Black Rock Desert. We don't have one right now, but if you guys show them off enough interest, we'll certainly send one off to our designer. And of course, don't forget to hit that subscribe button as well. All right, so let's talk about the Black Rock Desert Adventure Route. I'm not going to give you all of the details in this particular podcast. We're going to kind of go over our adventure about a month ago or so out that way. Uh, but the route is about 200 miles long. If you have a stock 4x4, you can definitely take it on. Uh, if you have a, a Subaru or a Sprinter van, you're not going to be able to do the entire route. It's really kind of the Black Rock Desert that's going to, or the Black Rock Desert, High Rock Canyon that's going to cause the most issues for you. But you can get more details about the route at overlandtrailguides.com. I also want to note that we did make some slight tweaks to the route after our time out there. Uh, got some additional information, some cool places to see. Um, so that has been updated as well. Uh, we had a nice little group when we were out there before the Burning Man event happened. And for this particular episode, we have my friend who's also been on the podcast before. If you've been on the website, you've probably seen some of his Photos featured on there as well. He's quite the uh, amateur photographer, but let's welcome Joey Grimmer to the show. Joey, how are you doing, man? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. So your background is in Glacier National Park, but are you out of, I know you split time between Portland and Los Angeles. Where are you at right now? Uh, Portland right now, and I'll be in LA in a few days. And then back up to Portland, <laughs> back up to Portland, <laughs> back up to a girlfriend. will do that to you. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so this was your first time down in the black rock desert too, right? It was, it was, I didn't even it was. Realize that's where burning man was. <laughs> Bur okay. Let's, let's get into a little, some of the details about black rock desert because burning man, black rock desert. That's what people always think of. Obviously, uh, the Burning Man Festival uh, used to be very local to California in the last 10 years or so. It's definitely kind of gained a lot of international acclaim. I've never been to it. Um, I've been invited to it multiple times. I, I kind of wish I went to it about 18 years ago when I was getting my first invites. I don't really have a lot of desire to go to it now, just seeing like all the melee and, and what it's turned into, you know, it really seems like it's lost a lot of its roots. Anyways, I digress. So we're up at the Black Rock Desert. This is in far Northern Nevada. It's kind of um, towards uh, Northeastern California, as well as Eastern Oregon in the Great Basin. And the majority of this route is in the Black Rock, well, this is a mouthful, 
the Black Rock Desert, High Rock Canyon, Immigrant Trails, National Conservation Area. You, do you think they could have shortened that a little bit maybe? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but obviously the Black Rock Desert is kind of the, the mainstay, but High Rock Canyon, also very cool. We're going to talk about that. And then there are a number of immigrant trails. There's three major immigrant trails that go through the Black Rock Desert and High Rock Canyon, those being the Nobles Trail, the Lassen Trail, as well as the Applegate Trail. I almost forgot that. Um, so cool stuff. Um, it is over 800,000 acres of protected desert, mountains, hills, and canyons in northern Nevada. We told you it's famous for the Burning Man Festival that just wrapped up on Labor Day. It happens uh, the week leading up to Labor Day every year, but it is also quite famous for its, its, its expansive Black Rock Desert Playa. I think, it's, I think it might be the largest salt flat in um, the lower 48 or in the United States or possibly even North America. has lots of hot springs. We talked about some of the immigrant trails, impressive topography, and dark skies, which we'll get into as well. So we came up from the Bay Area. You came down from Portland. Um, I don't even remember which day we headed out. I'm kind of uh, dealing with this move at my house. So my, my mind is a, a bit jumbled at the moment. But I do remember that Thomas and I left, I think, around 2 or 3 p.m. Um, so by the time we got up there, it was well past dark and you'd gotten up there a little bit earlier and we met you at Trago Hot Springs, which isn't too far. It's about 15 miles outside of Gerlock, but you got there before us with a girlfriend and um, you were hanging out at the hot springs, right? Yeah, we came down from Portland um, by way of Crater Lake and uh, the uh, um, Lava Beds National Monument. And so we... Uh, we had a nice easy route down with no traffic and then we got to Trago Hot Springs to kind of make camp and figure out or first we tried to get to the Frog Pond um, Hot Springs. At, uh, That's right. That's right. I uh, forgot yeah. about that. And, and, and there was the fence and there was no trespassing sign. And so we were a little confused on what to do. So we pressed on for Trago, but it said no trespassing, private property. We drove along the fence to see if maybe we we're just missing something, and um, and we weren't. Uh, and we later found out by somebody who met us from our group at Trago. Um, he actually went onto the property and spoke to somebody uh, who was camped out and just said, and they just said that it used to be open to the public, but after a year, last few years of sort of getting trashed by the pre-burn burners um and other folks um who didn't who you know as they said didn't pick up uh their mess um they decided to close it down i still feel like it might just be a fake sign up that's so people don't come and ruin a good camp spot but i have no idea but that kind of um i feel like we heard that from somebody else as well out there and maybe there was some stuff online as well so um yeah you know, if yeah, I think I Googled, that way, I... yeah, I think I Googled it and it said, and, and whatever forum said, yeah, it was private property. And, and... It's definitely private property. Um, but, you know, uh, there's a lot of places you can go explore out there. Trago is, we'll talk about Trago. So we'll just assume that it's private property and it's closed. If you've 
if you know the landowner and you have other information that says otherwise, um, hey, have at it. But we're going to assume it's it, it's closed at this point in time. Um, yeah. So we rolled up at dark. You guys, I think you guys were, I don't know if you were chilling in the hot springs already, um, but you were, you were hanging out. Um, you know, what was, what I remembered about that night when we rolled up was that crazy lightning storm. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. That was pretty nuts. It was way far off. We, we didn't hear any thunder, right? No, no, Just no lightning. thunder at all, but it was like yeah, two hours of this, like multiple lightning storms just off in the distance. And, um, I have filmed on my iPhone. So about as good as it can come out, it's actually still pretty impressive, but we'll definitely throw that when we put the video route guide together, hopefully get that out in the next month or so. And we'll definitely feature that, but it was, it was really, really cool. Yeah. And, and we made camp. I mean, just, uh, I think like pretty close to the hot springs. I've the closest I've ever camped to a hot spring and uh, we took a dip and kind of enjoyed that. And, uh, you know, the rest of the crew as they sort of um, made their way and found us uh, also, you know, took a dip in Trago hot springs and it was pretty hot and kind of perfect temperature. And uh, it was a nice way to start the journey, I guess. <laughs> For sure. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And it, like I said, it, it's not far from Gerlach, which is the main town around there. Yeah. There's really not a whole lot there. There's couple restaurants there's no supermarket there's a gas station and, and a couple of other things friends of the black rock high rock desert um that we'll talk about in a minute but um yeah. going back to the springs we're going to talk about another spring later in in, in the podcast yeah. once we, once we get there that one was a lot nicer not to say that trago wasn't nice but i don't know if you've ever been in the san francisco bay but it has a tendency to be, be like really muddy <laughs> and like yeah. it's kind of like bay mud, you know, it's not like going to the beach. Some there, there's some sand beaches, but not a whole lot, but that's what I felt like there. Like I was walking around in the mud and there was kind of some interesting smells like coming out of that mud as you were walking around and, and, and my, yeah, and my a little like, you know, like a geyser old faith yeah. and stuff. It, it wasn't the most pleasant smell in the world. Not horrible. Not awful. It, Not awful, but I think that was after this the second hot spring that we went to. That was really really nice, and it just yeah. kind of created this juxta juxtaposition. Oh, there's no comparison. Trego. No, and yeah. the other nice thing about Trego is that um, there there are a couple of entrances to the playa right there, so you can shoot right out to the playa, um, obviously, and and yeah. we'll talk a little bit about the playa here and and. Andreas's experience and what to do <laughs> yeah. and what not to do while on the playa. But uh, I think we had a really pleasant first night. Um, I think the temperatures weren't bad either, right? It was pretty warm, wasn't it? Like in the 60s? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was really nice at night. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we were, we were there in summer, you know, the high desert, but it definitely gets, gets hot out on the It playa. was very hot during the day. Uh, yes. Definitely need water. But at night, it was cool and you could you know a blanket was nice but not you know you didn't need a your 20 degree down blanket and, and unless you go in november you know unless you go in november. Like that. yes unless you go in november and so the next day um we had to meet up with a couple of people we met up with bobby and emilio they were over mm -hmm. in gerlock and this this is 
there's a decent amount of cell phone reception kind of in that southern end of the Black Rock Desert, but this is just, you know, modern technology, spot X's, Garmin inreaches, Zolio's, the ability to get in touch with people regardless of where you are has really kind of been a game changer in terms of coordination. But uh, we met with them over in Gerlock and you jumped in my car because I, I think you needed to get you need to get water or something like that. Yeah. So uh, the, the thing I'll note about this in, in preparation for this route is that uh, there is um, no diesel in Gerlock. No diesel. Uh, but there... No diesel in Gerlock. Um, and then there's yes, no... No, there is diesel in Gerlock. There is, I got oh, diesel yes, in Gerlock. There's no diesel in Empire. Oh, that's... Okay. So I got it switched. Yes. My bad. Okay. Sorry. So yeah. ignore me. But... There's no general store in Gerlock unless yeah. you want. So unless you plan on drinking, you know, the 12 racks of PBR that they sell at the two bars in town, you're going to need to bring your water or go seven, six, seven miles outside of town to Empire where they have a great general store where you can get, you know, they have pallets of, of, of provisions just waiting for, you know, burning. Well, man I think that was a lot of that was for the burning man folks that were yeah. coming <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So fortunately, we found water there, and it was easy. Yeah. Um, but they did not have diesel at Empire. They did not. They did I was have surprised. Diesel in Gerlock. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you, you made a very smart choice. You also got um, a bunch of coconut water. Oh yeah. <laughs> they had you a know, bunch of coconut water. I was very surprised to see that in the middle of the desert. <laughs> yeah, and you know, people from like the Midwest or the South or the East Coast you know, the, especially in Arizona, they'll hear people say, oh, it's a dry heat. And that's when you're out of the, the monsoon season, obviously. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, when you're out in the desert and we, we were pretty lucky the last day, it definitely got pretty hot. I think it was 102, but on the first day it was like, it was in the nineties, but you don't realize you're perspiring. And because it's so dry out there, like the sweat yeah. just evaporates and you're just constantly losing water. So you, you have to drink so much. And I was, I was rather envious of those coconut waters that you had. Cause I think, I think I had one or two, I don't remember. And I was just like, I was so thirsty. I was so parched like later on, yeah. never going to have no, that they, happen they, again. That was my, they, they were definitely essential. And then, you know, I think whether it was in your pre-trip instructions to the group or on your, website you instruct i think it's a gallon of water a day or something and that's no joke because you know every day we're just it's a gallon and half. yeah we, we'd get to camp <clears throat> we'd get to camp and just be like holy crap we're tired and we feel dehydrated and you know we were just in the car all day um I'm just thirsty all the time right yeah so yeah i think yeah so we're very happy that we picked up the, the extra water and the coconut water was a, a nice treat to have yeah yeah i i actually went out and i purchased an extra five gallon five or seven and a half gallon water jug and like we went through a lot of that water so yeah. um but on the way over to gerlock we shot across the black rock uh the black rock playa and i think we went to like the four mile access point or something over mm -hmm. on social Me soldier meadows on the west side of the playa there that was really cool. That was kind of our first time driving across the playa and ripping across it. Now, one thing I do want to call out about the playa, um, even though they bring rocket cars out there, and, and I think at one point in time, somebody had set a land speed record at the Black Rock Desert. I'm not sure if it still holds or not. 
right around like the, the speed of sound, 700 and something miles an hour. But there is a speed limit out there. It's 45 miles an hour. Yes. Oh, we're definitely. So, I, I don't I think that. <laughs> oh, you broke. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm going to have to write you in. But there is a speed limit. It's 45 miles an hour. So we're going to have to uh, send a picture of Joey in to uh, the BLM office over there in Winnemucca and uh, see if they give him a ticket. Oh, man. That's hilarious. <laughs> so we met Bobby and Emilio. Uh, and we told them that we were going to uh, go over to the general store. Uh, they, they've been out there before. They were going over to Trago. I think they had a Zolio on them so we can get in touch with them if they needed. They went out via Jungle Road. And so Jungle Road is part of the official route. And the thing to note about Jungle Road is in just a lot of places in the Black Rock Desert all the way up to like Masquerim, there is a lot of obsidian out there. And so obsidian is essentially giant chunks of volcanic glass and it can get very sharp and they rolled up to camp and then somebody noticed that they had a flat tire. And then I think, I think Ron actually got a flat tire on the way into camp as well. So two vehicles showed up to, yeah, Ron showed up to camp um, with a, a a leak in his tire and had had to fix it. Yep. Yeah, but luckily we were able to, and Ron was able to fix both of them with a, a sim simple plug kit. So that was a pretty, pretty quick way. And then we were on our way and the group went out into the playa, which I think was uh, really fun. Uh, Joey broke the speed limit out there and maybe a couple other people did as well, but it's not like we were going a hundred or anything like that out there. You know, we might've been, might've been approaching freeway speed that, but that's probably it, but that was that was a really cool experience. I thought it, it, it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it was, it was really rad. Just like all that dust out there and stuff like that. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of people out there though. I think there was no. one guy in a camper camping yep. in the, a truck camper camping in the middle of the playa and we didn't see anybody else out there. Right. That was the only person. Then it's just you and nothing for, you know, I don't know what the radius is, but you're probably a couple miles away from, you know, the end of the playa at least, or the edges yeah. of the playa. And um, um, I do remember because it was about, what was about three weeks before the first, like, uh, people at Black, uh, Burning Man started showing up, that they were actually out there setting everything up. So, we were at Trago that one night and then you could see these lights out in the middle of the playa that wouldn't normally be there. And that's just because they were out there setting up. I think they had their, uh, their moop fence set up their matter out of place. Fence oh that's yeah. Meant to catch all the garbage and everything. So they had that set up. Um, luckily they only had like, I think like 7,000 acres closed down and that, that playa is like a hundred thousand acres or something like that. But like the next week, they closed down like 80,000 acres of it. So you really kind of get constrained as you get closer to Burning Man. Um, but we zoomed across that playa like super fast. I, I feel like it was like 20 miles and what, we were over there in like 25 minutes or something like that. Oh, yeah. And I could have done that all day too. <laughs> <It's just so laughs> much fun. Yeah. It's yeah. So you got some fun. good video for sure. I yeah. know I didn't launch the drone. We'll talk about that later because there are some other cool playas that we went to as well. So I think after um, we started heading north and then what 
the desert is named after is actually Black Rock Point. It's a, I, I believe it's a vol, I think it's made of volcanic material. I'm not sure. I know the northern northern sections of Black Rock. There's lots of volcanism that uh, had occurred up there. But we went over to Black Rock Point. We checked out Black Rock Hot Springs. I believe those are like 175 degrees. You can't go in them, but they're still worth checking out because they have really cool colors and stuff like that. Okay, that was the double hot spring. Yeah, yeah. That was double. That was later. I think okay, we okay. we oh, definitely got out and checked that one. That one had cool colors. Did yeah, we? Yeah. Maybe we. That's what I thought. I was like, I think that was a little later. Yeah, that was double hot. Oh, literally called double hot springs. Yes, yeah. that was later. So we kind of stopped there. We regrouped. I think Black Rock was the one. And I found this online. It almost looked like an old wagon. I guess it was like a shepherd's wagon or something like that um, mm-hmm. is, is what was left there. But I had done some sleuthing and there's a couple of cool things that I found out from one of the folks that works at the, uh, the local Burning Man, Burning Man, Black Rock BLM office was telling me about these micro playas that are up by Black Rock Point. And then we also had a track that uh, went to an overlook above the desert. Um, what did you think about that little side trip up to that lookout? That's that's almost like fifteen hundred feet above the uh, the playa. Yeah, I mean that was a great out and back. I mean, of course, the micro playas were super cool and a lot of fun. And we'll then talk about those in a little bit. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So the, yeah, the viewpoint was awesome. We made lunch there and. Um, and I mean, you're just on the edge of the cliff, just overlooking the entire playa. And, um, and I mean, you can, we got all of our cars, you know, six or, or so trucks to the end. And it was an awesome place to just, you know, have lunch and spend about an hour to just chill. It was a little steep on the, you know, going in though. It was. No it was a little no steep and for rocky, anybody with a right? four-wheel drive, but maybe towing a trailer is a little, little much. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Um, and, and and probably not suitable for a sprinter either. I feel like that was a little too steep and off camber to get up there, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I guess so. Would you take your sprinter up there? Uh, if you had a lot of weight in the back and it was four-wheel drive, but four-wheel <laughs> drive, so. <laughs> It, it, it would it would not make it very far uh yeah. unloaded and with two yeah. drive so it's definitely one of the rockier tracks but nothing too oh, yeah. crazy it wasn't like rock crawling or anything like that no but, it, um, it wasn't technical at all but you def it was definitely steep and uh, yeah yeah it would definitely definitely got steeper as you got to the top now the one thing that i remember about pulling up a lot of times when you kind of pull up to an overlook um you know i couldn't see over the edge and i just assumed yeah. that like it it gradually went over oh no it, it was a clear drop right there yeah and so <laughs> you know this is why you get out and you look because i'm in that big ram 3500 i can't see over the you edge can't really like, see over the top i was like much. holy crap about another five feet and i'm going down a thousand feet it was pretty crazy yeah um, yeah, yeah. So we had lunch up there. We we busted out the uh, we busted out some of the awnings and stuff. Obviously, there's not a whole lot of trees out in the Black Rock Desert. They're far and few between. 
Um, so definitely you want to get some shade. But I think one of the really nice things about that overlook was like, it was probably a good, what, maybe five to seven degrees warmer down below. I think. Oh yeah, it was definitely cooler. Yeah. And we had a nice little breeze up there too. So we ended up just, what did we stay up there for like three hours or something like that? Yeah, it was a, it was a while. Definitely stake down your awnings. <laughs> yes. Mine went over. <laughs> yes. Oh, it did. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there was no wind to begin with. And then all of a sudden it started picking yeah. up and all of a sudden. It wasn't right too over. bad though. But uh, no, we hung no, out there nice. for a while. Also because we had been, you know, just shooting across the playa there. We, we'd covered so much ground and um, we knew that we were going to most likely stay at Soldier Meadows the previous night. And if we just kept going north, you know, we, we were just going to like the next day, we were going to go like 15 miles and be done. So we just kind of yeah. hung out up there. Yeah. Now on the way down, this is where the fun happens, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you you go ahead. Who who are you with? I remember I I think... I think I was, I with, was in the rear I because Bobby. I was flying the I, drone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was leading, and then Bobby was behind me. Uh, and, um, and we got pretty far ahead. And then, all, honestly, I just didn't really hear much on the radio. And, and then, yeah. I mean, I Ron got stuck. <laughs> so Ron's Ron's in his Wrangler, and uh, he's towing a little. Um, a uh, little trailer, little pulling trailer. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I guess he just couldn't make it up, you know, where so the, this is what happened. Road. So when you come off, when you come off that Mesa up there and you go down that super steep part, right? Yeah. It's just like a like, V. Yeah. There's like a V it's almost like a, a big G out. If you were to take like a dirt bike or something there. So it mm -hmm. hits a wash and then it starts climbing again. Well, the thing with a lot of these desert soils is like, they're super dry. They're like super crumbly. And so as you hit that wash and you come back out, it gets super duper steep and it's, it's all rutted and everything like that. And he's got a, he's got a Rubicon on 37. So it's not like it's, uh, okay. it's not like he's in like a stock Subaru Outback or something like that. Right. And he starts trying to climb up it. And that trailer is just too heavy and the grade is too steep. And he's just like kicking up dirt everywhere. And he's, he's got, uh, you know, he's triple locked. He's got his front and his rear lockers on and he's not doing anything. And so I'm like, okay, you know, I, I, I hear it over the radio. Let me come down. And he's like kicking up dirt and everything. And then I'm like, well, let me get in front of you. And then there's this old road that goes around to the right that kind of like contours a little bit, you know. Oh yeah, I remember straight that. Straight up, yeah. I made it up that no problem. The problem is, by the time I made it up, he had still been trying to like maneuver and and get up there, and his trailer started to fall off the side of the side of the side of the road. So oh, he no. ended up in a really, you know, what we wanted him to do the the plan A for the recovery was to back down to the wash and just go the same way that I did. Cause he would have made it that way. No problem. Yeah. I don't think, I don't know what was communicated to him over the radio or what he heard. Cause I was talking to him over the radio earlier and then I couldn't hear anything. So I think maybe he didn't hear anything and that's why he was still trying to do all that stuff. So he's in a precarious position. He can't back down anymore because the Jeep's going to go off the side of the trail as well. 
And, and then that would be a really fun recovery. So we're like, all right, get the winch out, Ron. Um, the winch isn't turning on. Right. Oh so, no. Yeah. That would, that would have been the easiest way. And it, it turns out when he got home, I guess there was a wire that had got knocked around and, and that's why it didn't turn on. So we're like, okay, what next? Um, do you have a toe strap? Do you have a snatch strap? I have a, a snatch strap, but it is like, you know, it's not something that I pull out that often. So it was like, you saw my setup right now. It's not optimal. We just talked about me building out my camper. So everything is going to be nice and organized, but right now it is not, it's just like in boxes and it's a pain in the ass to get back there and dig through stuff. And so he pulled out, like, it was like a 10 or a 12 foot strap. And I'm like, I'll give it a go. Fine. Like not ideal, but let's, let's try it first. Probably like on the steep part of the mountain. Yes, (laughs) exactly. And so, and so to paint the picture here, this little steep incline is maybe like 50 yards long. And, and he's probably about 40% of the way up it, or, or maybe even more, maybe it's a hundred feet long. And so what that means in the Ram, I'm on the same grade that he's on, right? So I can't kind of get my momentum to pull out of there. So we set it up. Uh, we, we, we get everything hooked up and I get in the, I get in the Ram, we coordinate everything with Alex over the radio and I start kicking up dirt and dust everywhere. And I'm just like digging a hole and then he's digging a hole as well. And we're not making any progress. I think we made two attempts. Remind me to tell you what happened after I came home in relation. I think this is, this is, there's two things that did this. And we're like, okay, this isn't going to work. Let's get my snatch strap out. It's much longer. I was able to get over the crest of the hill so I could get some momentum and pull them and not have to worry about like uh, essentially digging deeper into that already like eroded hillside. Yeah. We did that. Worked like a charm. Should have just got it the first time, right? Um, even yeah, though I think the, the winch would have got us out, Famous right? Husband. So uh, the plan D, right? So we went from drive around, <laughs> that didn't work because he almost went off the side of the trail, to the winch, to the 12 foot toe strap to the 50 foot snatch strap, which got us out. So did I tell you what happened to my truck? No, you did not. <laughs> oh man. Mind you, I have a 2022 Ram. I traded in the LX 570, which is essentially a Land Cruiser 200 with a Lexus badge. I wanted more room. That's why I got it. And, and for more mileage and it, it checks both of those boxes, but it certainly doesn't have Toyota reliability and durability. And I found that out on this trip. Um, (laughs) Later on in the trip, when I'm in four wheel drive, I hear some clunking, clunk, 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 clunk. And it's progressively getting worse throughout the trip. But I'm like, well, I I need four wheel drive. So I'm just going to run with it. And, you know, we check under there. We can't figure out what it is. I damaged the front drive shaft, apparently. (laughs) How? And I, and so, I think this is what happened. I noticed later that my airbags were running at like the minimum of five PSI when they're usually oh. running much, much, uh, much higher. So I was squatting a lot in the back, right? So mm. you can imagine that that drive line is getting pulled it down pulled. to an angle that it probably shouldn't be at. And I think probably that recovery on that grade did that as well, pulling it up on that, that like, you know, 35% grade, whatever it was, probably was doing the same thing. I think the combination of the two 
is probably what ended up damaging it. Luckily, there wasn't a a full on fa- failure on the trip. I still had four wheel drive, but you know you could tell something was up. Um, so I'm still in two wheel drive. That's supposed to be getting repaired sometime soon. I also found out that oh man, <clears throat> I found out. Hold on, <clears throat> that the GFK drive shaft that ram apparently uses is um much shoddier than like the cv joint they used to use in the past so you know they're they're cutting corners and putting on subpar parts anyways we got run out um how long were you guys waiting up there for oh it was a while oh yeah 45 minutes yeah and like we couldn't hear anything over the radio so we just Ah. yeah yeah, it was me, Alex, and Ron down there, and obviously with our our, our kids, uh, Thomas and Tatiana. But uh, I figured we were going to get out of it eventually. It was just, um, you know, it 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 adds some character to the these adventures. It, it's going to happen. A recovery in a broke truck. There you go. Yeah. No, it, it makes it so much more fun if everybody just bands together and has to help get somebody out of a jam. For sure. So we ended up getting down. Everybody's safe. Um, Ron's recovered out with his, uh, with his Jeep. Um, kind of learned w- what the limits are there in terms of going up steep hills and stuff like that. Yeah. And I'm going to pat myself on the back here. I, I made an executive decision and I said, we're going to camp at the micro playas. I think there was some other talk around wanting to go somewhere else, but um these micro playas are essentially, you know, they might be like a hundred acres or 50 acres or something like that. I don't know how big they are, but there's two of them on the way up to this lookout. And, uh, they are fully separated from the major black rock playa, which is like 90,000 mm-hmm. acres or whatever. And one of them is really cool. Cause it has, I, I call it the Island micro playa. It has this Island in the middle of it that you can drive up on and kind of look around and, and check it out and somebody put a fire pit up there and we said hey let's camp at the microplaya we can have a fire on the dirt that won't be on the actual playa so it won't scar it because that is illegal at black rock you cannot have fire directly on the playa despite the fact that they have burning man there um and it was really cool I oh think yeah. we 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 got there we got to camp relatively early well, that spot was extra special that night because the, well, it's that island, but if you're looking, to, you know, in the in the westbound direction for sunset, the yeah. sun is setting over the mountains, just kind of over the other side, you know, of the main plot, playa. And as, you know, so it's just, a, it's just beautiful. And then, you know, the micro playa kind of goes out and, and filters into the, you know, into the, the main playa. And then later that night, we had, you know, a moonrise right directly to the east of us or the other side, the opposite side. Uh-huh. And we just watched that full moon just go right over the mountains and then just slowly just like. That's right. Know, yeah, yeah. Just inch by inch go over the mountain until it just yeah. fully illuminated the entire micro playa and all yep. of our vehicles. And uh, it was pretty epic and then we you know all night just watching that moon just go over the entire sky and then um, you reminded me so we had the lightning storm i forgot about yeah. the full moon and then the precise meteor shower was also happening yeah so that i think it was that night we were that's when we, we 
well, we had noticed the sign for the presides, and then I think that was the night we started noticing. It was our second night, but that was when we all just started uh, getting around the campfire and just looking for shooting stars. Um, so we one, saw a few. Yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. saw a few. I, I I managed to get one on the phone. I got super lucky. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that great yeah, one. it's crazy. Um, but you know, the other thing to note about the Black Rock Desert and then to the north, there's there's Masker Rim. That's actually a dark sky sanctuary. And so that area where California, Oregon, Idaho, and Nevada, kind of that that area up there is one of the darkest, yeah. darkest sky areas in the lower 48. You know, there's just not a whole lot of major population centers around that way. I think like Boise is the closest one and that's not even that yeah. big. Um, so I was... I was a little bit bummed that there was a full moon, but it was, it was pretty epic to see that moon rise. Like you said, I totally forgot about that and the way that it just like illuminated the playa. And then, you know, just to give you perspective. We still saw, we still saw a lot of, um, a lot of shooting stars that night. It was really cool. Yeah. Um, well, a couple nights later, so the moon rises fairly early, I believe that night, but it was a little later, um, a couple nights later and you could still, before the actual moonrise, the uh, sky was super dark. So we still saw the Milky Way, you know, being summer, the Milky Way's, you know, um, directly overhead, um, just shooting across the sky. But as soon as that moon started to rise, it kind of disappeared. But it was still awesome. We saw the shooting stars, the Milky Way, and, you know, a full moon. So we left out something, which, which I feel like is maybe the best sport or game to play on the playa so what yeah. what did you bring and it, it's 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 a fun game to play when you go camping because you can play it just well, about anywhere well i know it by the french name which is patonk i'm told it's like it's like it's not bocce ball but it's like okay. bocce all right i've never played bocce ball i always thought it was it's just the same thing but yeah so little silver balls you know and whoever gets closest to the little tiny ball wins. Um, yep. And those and those metal bocce balls just rolled over the playa oh, as yeah. if there was almost no friction. It was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. It's not like playing <laughs> in a normal campsite where you're hitting like little divots and yeah, yeah, tones yeah. and twigs and whatever. It's just like yeah, you could throw the you, ball like a hundred, hundred and fifty feet if you want. Yeah, you could have you could have gotten a bowling ball and that thing probably would have yeah. gone a few hundred yards. So that is two recommendations if you go to Black Rock Desert. Bring a lot of water and bring your bocce ball set or your baton yeah. set, whatever you want, right? Yep. Cool. So I think that might have been my favorite campsite of the trip. Um, but the next day, I know that Andreas is rolling in and he had come up from the Sierras. He went solo he left his family behind. Well, he didn't leave his family. His family decided that they didn't want to go on this trip. So he came out. Um, and then I think he was meeting us up at double hot springs, right? Is that where he was going to meet us? Yeah. I think, uh, I think just past there. Somewhere, somewhere up there. Just so right around there. Yeah, yeah. We started working on our way North and ironically, <clears throat> there'd kind of been a lot of thunderstorms throughout the west coast um this summer i know like 
the Mojave and Death Valley been getting hit over the last few weeks. And then they had some rain up there as well. Certainly not like the torrential downpours that they were getting out in the, the Southern California deserts, but um, there was a good amount of mud out there. You know, I was, I was pretty surprised with as hot and dry as it was that we were, we, we, I've never accumulated so much dust and so much mud on the same trip. It's insane. Oh my God. It was insane. It's getting, I'd spent like $15 and quarters just hosing down my car. Yeah. And it was hilarious. I still have, I still have dirt in random spots. I need to go back. Yeah. I've, I've already done two car washes and there's still like dirt and the, you know, but you're right. Just that fine, fine, silty sand or, you know, that, that makes up the playa and the surrounding area mixed with water. And it's no joke. You get stuck, you know, in a second, they think there's signs posted and we were warned, you know, if, if the playa is wet and uh, yes. muddy, just do not even attempt to cross. Yeah. And we'll talk about a little story that Andreas told us. So we headed out North from once you kind of hit Black Rock Point, you kind of need to get off the playa because eventually like there's vegetation and other stuff and it gets a little yeah. bit moister as you get further up because, you know, these are, you're in the Great Basin. There are streams and rivers that essentially disappear in these playas. And guess what? If you're at kind of one of the areas where that that river disappears, it's going to be more moist and more muddy than than down further where it's totally gone. So we were going on, I think this is actually the, the old Applegate trail because we did pass a number of markers for it. Um, and we started making our way North. We did stop. I'm pretty sure we met him at double hot springs because he was there and we went and we checked it out. And so double hot springs, I, I thought was really cool. It's like 185 degrees or something like that. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to go in it obviously, but you can go yeah. check these pool, these pools out that are this really like, cool kind of like turquoise color yeah um you were impressed oh no no i was just i was trying to think (laughs) of the name no i was trying to think of the name of that um place in yellowstone that with all the different um grand prismatic or something i believe it's called it's like it reminded me of just a miniature grand prismatic Mm. um just all these different colors because of i guess it's you know only certain bacteria can actually you know live in that hot of water so it creates these different colors it's super interesting yeah and if you're out there with your dog or you know you have some other pet children definitely want to keep them away from these things uh they've done a pretty good job of fencing them off but you can kind of go in and around double so if you're not careful yeah. you could you could and fall it's pretty in steep. there and you've yeah, got yeah. a long way to go to the nearest hospital so oh yeah um so we met Andreas out there and he had come up the night before and he had camped out there. I think he'd, he'd shot up part of the playa and then was on the other side on so soldier Meadows road, because it was just going to be easier for him to get to us that way. But he told us that he was working his way North. I forget which exit point he was trying to get to off the playa. And uh, all of a sudden he notices like uh, mud flying up from his tires everywhere. And I think he was out there at night with his light bar and he's like, there's actually water out on the playa. So he turned around rather quickly. I think he probably got lucky, made a smart decision. And, um, but he was just like, I almost got stuck out there. 
you know, that, that mm-hmm. would be, I, I think I would be freaking out if I was by myself stuck out in the playa by myself. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> right. It's just like, I mean, luckily it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, going back to what Joey said, um, and, and you know, the wet season, I forget what the wet season is, but it, it, uh, the primary wet season is like January through May, but you're going to get some moisture uh, in fall as well. But that's essentially when you probably want to avoid the playa. Um, you know, we're out there in the middle of summer, so risk is pretty low, but you, you know, he encountered a lot of mud and other stuff. So that is your clue to turn around as soon as possible. Yep. And then Andreas kind of told us uh, things were going to get a lot muddier based on what he had said. And we, we definitely hit our fair share of mud pits. Now, the one super duper muddy section that he said was pretty squirrely, it had actually dried out quite a bit since he had yeah. been there earlier in the day, which was really interesting to think in, in a matter of like three, four hours, that mud. That much evaporation. Yeah. Yeah. So it just kind of really talks about that. Do you remember the next spot that we went to? It was Hardin City, Giant City. Ah, I forgot about Hardin City. I didn't have this one on my note. And it's probably because it wasn't super memorable. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, was, I, I was really expecting some more um, just old, like, just something to remind, yeah. reminiscent of a structure. And there was not anything. Yeah, I think it was an old mining camp or something like that. Yeah. Uh, they definitely prospected out in the Black Rock Desert. Nobody really came across anything out that way. Um, I think there is kind of a couple of remnants of maybe some old chimneys or something like that. But other than that, it's just kind of like flat and overgrown. And, and like you said, there's there's really nothing out there. We do have it at a discovery point. It's interesting to read up on the history. Just not a whole lot there. But the thing that I was thinking about was was the next thing that we went to. Was that the the murder site? The Lassen Clapper murder site. Yes. So that was was actually a fun little road to get to. Because at first, you know, um, Bobby and Emilio, they are what, in like a, a Chevy? stock colorado stock stock colorado Colorado. i was a little bit worried about the ground clearance um but you know after they assured me that they'd done certain trails in death valley i said okay that they seem like they're up for it and they totally were um i think we we stacked a couple of rocks through some of the washes they definitely scraped some of their plastic skids off but it was it was a fun little trip i think to get over there yeah, no, it was. <laughs> I didn't think we were gonna make it. To be honest, I, I didn't we were either. Coming back, yeah. I mean, you know, but of course, Andreas just is like, "Oh no, 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 we're getting over this." <laughs> <laughs> so he comes up and starts stacking rocks, and there's a couple scorpions under them, and uh, and that's right. We stack, yeah, we we stack rocks um for the first obstacle, um, and we all make it up fine. And then the next obstacle. Again, I thought we were going to turn around because it was just like all these little washes, just like ruts that were super steep. So and they had eroded recently from some of those those yeah, downpours. Yeah. yeah. So you know, for for anybody in a truck like yourself or um, Andreas, it's just like you have such a long wheelbase and you're just practically going over. But for 
like me, it just felt like I was going straight into <laughs> like a str- like straight down into this you yeah. know, like two foot drop or three foot drop, and then instantly just squatting and going out. You know, it's yeah, hard to see, but um, and, you know, just you know, your, your rear just scraping the ground and everything. But I mean, Bobby and Emilio did it no problem as well. So I can't believe all that. I was. I think that was some rock stacking and then they also kind of came in through the tail end. So we knew what the, the optimal line was at that point. Yeah. But, you know, I was just thinking like, if you're, if you're overlanding or off-roading with a German, you're never going to turn around. It's always, it's always go forward. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just reminds me of the last time we did a trip with him at steel pass. And he's like, you just, you know, all right, you're one. I want to take this line. And he just says, nah, I got this. And just, just, Bolts. he did he gave it the yeah, beans like i got this through. yeah that was, that was impressive <laughs> that was impressive especially yeah we we won't have to recount what happened on that trip at that no i know but... <laughs> um so we went to the last and clapper murder site it's actually at this it kind of ends at this really cool canyon uh and they were actually out there prospecting apparently peter lassen uh I don't know if he'd caught word or had some leads on, on where there might be some gold out that way. Um, there were three men and um, they don't know who ended up murdering them. You know, the legend had it long time that it was the local Paiute, but the facts totally contradict that. And it pointed more towards um, it was somebody that Peter Lassen knew uh, that they were going to be out there. Um, you know, the, a white person, European person, uh, was most likely the culprit there. But again, nobody knows who it was. Um, him and Edward, I believe it's Edward Clapper, uh, were killed by a sniper essentially that was up on the, uh, above the Canyon there and took them out. And then there was a third fellow that was with them, uh, jumped on the horse, no saddle or anything. And he, I think he rode for like 36 hours before he was able to get over. Um, he actually went over to the California side where uh, one of Peter Lassen's ranch was to kind of go get help, but crazy story. Oh, unfortunate wow. Peter Lassen, very well respected, not only by the locals, but also by the, uh, the Paiute people as well, which is a bit uncommon in the West. Uh, Lassen County, Lassen national park, yeah. Lassen national forest. So um, well, well-deserved. Unfortunately, a unfortunate demise to his death. And you can read up more about the Lassen Trail as well, which is one of the, the trails that he pioneered throughout this way that led people led people to a number of ways. People used it to get up to Oregon. They used it to get down to Sacramento. Uh, at one point, they were using these immigrant trails to get up to mines in Idaho. And then people up in the, the Willamette Valley were using these trails to get down to the Sierra Goldfields when gold was discovered down that way. So people were first coming from uh, the east going out to west California and Oregon. And then later people that were already out in Oregon, Oregon and California were using these trails to get to mines in uh, the Sierra gold fields, as well as um, there was some Nevada when the Comstock load, they found that. And then also Idaho. So I digress. Um, We continue North through more mud through more bumps. Uh, it, it's, it's rather, rather impressive how slow it's not like we were moving that slow, but after you're going like 50 miles across 50 miles an hour across the playa, and then all of a sudden you're kind of moving along at eight miles an hour, it seems like you're moving at a snail's pace. Yeah. 
But I think I think the next thing we went to was Soldier Meadows, right? Yeah, from Lassen we went up to Soldier Meadows. That's correct. Yeah, we went over to the so Soldier Meadows Ranch. We discovered that it is private. Um, I think you can potentially rent a room there, but it's not like you can get just show up out of the blue. Um, we thought we yeah, saw some no, horses. Yeah, there's there's no signage or anything once we got I'm to surprised. the actual entrance. Yeah. yeah, I'm surprised it doesn't say like private property. You think in California, I guess because there's so many people in California that if you have private property, you better put those signs up. But um, yeah, so they had some horses out there. I think they had a burrow. Um, yeah, kind of took some pictures. There was an interesting like Nevada sign. Did you take the picture of the Nevada sign? No, I didn't take that. No, no, no. Yeah, it was further down. I don't know what it. You know, I think the state of Nevada puts those in some interesting places. But we ended up camping out at Soldier Meadows. Um, I feel like during the day it's a little bit underwhelming. It's just kind of this grade of of, of not a whole not a whole lot of stuff going on out there i mean there's some just looks like you're in the middle of the desert (laughs) you're out in the middle of the great basin right that's what it feels like yeah for sure and we were the only ones that were camping i think at the uh the campground that night but it, it has some really really nice hot springs uh yeah, no, there was that, um, there was that, uh, not hut, there's a little, there was a soldier meadows cabin. Yeah, but that's, the cabin, that's pretty, sorry. yeah, it's like a, a mile or two miles away from the hot springs. And, and while it looks cool and everything, and I'm sure it would be nice in wintertime, but, uh, you know, we wanted to go soak, right? And those, those, yeah, yeah, yeah. those hot springs were super nice. Like they were completely <laughs> different from Trago. Oh, totally. Um, I'm just trying to think. Uh, yeah, no, there. You and I, we got there and we kind of scouted it out. So it's a river, right? And and in the river, or creek, and 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 it's running, creek. unlike Trago, right? Trago is yeah, kind yeah. of like still. This one, there's enough water coming out of the springs that it's pushing through. Yeah, exactly. So it's getting circulated and it feels super fresh but yeah so you know along this this creek there was a few different areas that one could consider it a a spring that you can go in and actually dip um and i think come nightfall we all just went and checked it out and it was a really nice little kind of little bit more developed not developed but it had a it was a nice yeah, little like some, rock pool and stuff that people yeah a lot of little rock pool yeah um yeah and how many just, people did we have in there around sunset well, every, like we, i think we got everybody in the group so maybe eight well, i think bobby and well bobby said emilio emilio said bobby doesn't like hot springs i think and i think he went down there after but i think uh, everybody he, he, else him, was there, him right? and bobby came in after cheryl and i hung out <laughs> oh they did yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I thought maybe they didn't. So like we had what, like 10 people down there or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. 10, 10 people. It was pretty comfortable and it was all just being, you know, you know, constantly circulating and it didn't smell and it was really an awesome yes. place. It did not smell. Uh, Some wildflowers around and everything. 
Yeah, the water was clear. Um, there were like dragonflies going around. There were some nice rocks stacked there. And I remember at Trago, they had some like really pointy grass too. And I stepped on it and it freaking oh, yeah. hurt. But over here, it's like the bottom was all rocks or like gravel. So it's not like you were like slipping through mud and stuff like that. And it was just, it was, it was pretty epic. Yeah, no, it like was... I, I mean, we, we we're still talking about it, um, just how awesome it was just to get to like be there. And as soon as the sun set and it got a little bit cooler out and the stars were up, we were just kind of hanging out and just enjoying it. And it was so quiet. And the fact that nobody was around other than members of our team yeah. was pretty epic. And it's very rare that you get to go to uh, a hot springs where there's just nobody else. Yeah. And I feel like... <clears throat> I feel like that might have been our coolest night too, because we are at we are at higher elevation, which was really nice oh, to yeah. kind of like sleep at night. But um going back to those, I, I forgot that we met up with my buddy Rob, who came out there and I remember he was looking for us for a while and he ultimately made it out there. So he he'd had to work, so he was kind of a late straggler, but he ended up making it out and met up with us again. Um thank God for like in reach and spot X and all that stuff, you know, being able to communicate and stuff. And then once he got in range on the radio, it was super easy to kind of direct him over. And so I think the next day is when things kind of get fun. Right. So oh, yeah. we, we head out high rock Canyon, the big ticket item of the next day. Um, and actually on the way there, there's some cool stuff as well. Oh yeah, what was what was between that? We went through we went through that fly canyon and there was some kind of interesting rocks and stuff there and then you start to see that there there are birds that are nesting in these rocks and like the cliff walls and stuff. I don't know if you remember that, but you could totally see them flying in and out of there on the way to High Rock Canyon. Oh no, I kind of I don't really recall that one. Yeah, that's I, I would I would really like to go back there and kind of get out on foot and, and check it out because it was really cool. But we ended up stopping at some I, I guess there were some like old ranch buildings or something like that over by yeah. High Rock Lake. Did you go down in the basement? I didn't even know one of them had a basement. Oh no. I don't think I went into any of the buildings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of checked it out, but it was kind of dirty and whatever. But somebody said that one of those buildings actually had a basement that they went they went down into. Oh, wow. No, no, yeah. I didn't see that. Pretty cool. And then so shortly thereafter, we made it to the beginning of, of High Rock Canyon, um, launched the drones, definitely have to get some good footage over there. And, and we certainly did. What did you think of High Rock Canyon? Uh it was definitely one of the more it well it was it wasn't desert so we were in there and there's a lot of vegetation and <laughs> got a lot of uh, a lot of pinstriping on the vehicle uh, uh, and there's some water and a little but i mean easy you don't need it i got a lot of pinstriping let me oh, tell yeah. you yeah well yeah yeah <laughs> i mean you could have you could have been driving a volkswagen bug through there and it would have been yeah i think it was there's so much vegetation, but um, it was all relatively straightforward. And it was fun. You couldn't really see around the next bend and everything. And, and the, you know, it's close to a slot canyon, I guess, as you're going to get around that part. But um, a few good photos. I think, but the, the most interesting part was definitely that vehicle just route in the middle of it. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll talk about that in a minute here. So yeah. 
I think what's cool about High Rock is it kind of starts out as is more open with the, these walls, right? Yeah. And then, and they're kind of red rock color too. And then there's the series of three spires, which is if you search on, online for High Rock Canyon, that's what you're going to see there. And uh, that is really is that kind the of entrance? like, that's when the walls get like vertical and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so that was, that was really cool. And I'd been, Ron and I had been flying the drone and he was with the trailer unfortunately one of the things that i wanted to stop at but because we were driving in the trailer we weren't going to be able to back up <laughs> um there's a really cool cave over there that's called the post office cave and so this is actually on the route and, and the reason it's called the post office cave is so that when immigrants were typically traveling from the east to the west they would leave their mail in this cave and if somebody is traveling east Ideally, they would pick up that mail and they would drop it off at the, you know, whether Pony oh, Express wow. um, or post, probably not Pony Express because it was only in, in, you know, in operational existence for like 18 months or something like that. But they would bring it to the next mail stop and essentially drop it off. So that's why it was called the post office cave. Now, there's also some pioneer graffiti not far from the post office cave on the walls that was written with like axle grease and stuff like that. So there's stuff that's like 170, 160 years old of the the, uh, the immigrants writing stuff on the walls. And we didn't get to check either of those out again because we got greedy and we were flying the drone. So I'm sorry. Yeah, all right. I missed, <laughs> I missed that part. <laughs> I was up on the hill. Yeah. My cue to come down. <laughs> yep, that's right. We had you guys hold in and coming through. Um, but then there's also almost like that one slot canyon, almost like that pinch on the yeah. other side, there's the water section. Did you get a chance to stop there um, and, and check that out before we went through the water? I don't believe so. I, I didn't really stop a lot in there. I kind of just kept trucking oh, through. Man. So what is really cool about that section and, and even the other section in High Rock, there's a lot of birds that nest up in the cliffs. But because you have that that pinch section and the walls are not that far apart from each other and it goes up like 200 feet, you have these really crazy echoes from the birds just like going through there, especially, you know, when Ron and I were there before all the other rigs rolled up and nobody's oh. engine is on it, just like these, you know, listening to these birds, I could probably sit there for like a couple hours and just listen to them. It was really, really cool. Um, and then we had some water. I, I had heard from some other folks that that water was not there a few weeks before. So I guess those, uh, those rainstorms that came through kind of replenished high rock canyon with those water crossing but it, it it wasn't too bad right like what do you do you think it was even 18 inches deep uh no i doubt yeah it, it was maybe i don't, a foot I don't even know if i was in like four that. i don't even know if i was in four wheel drive but i just saw it and it was like i'm not i'm not staying to find out if it's muddy or not so i just oh, yeah right over it yeah and then so kind of once you make it through that pinch point um where all those birds were you start you know, the canyon, the canyon is maybe not as impressive as it was. And you keep climbing up higher and higher. And I think we, we did make a, a, a lunch stop at the high, high rock garage, which is still in very good shape. Um, it's kind of a nice spot to stop at. And then we kept going North and those, um, ironically, the trail got a lot bumpier and then all that it's not sagebrush. I've been trying to find out what the heck kind of bush or desert shrub it is. But it actually has like really thick 
wood on it and then i'm like well that's why it's it's pinstriping the crap out of your car is because it's just not this like little pin piddly oh, no, it's, branch. Just, it's hard branch yeah. yeah 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 it's hard and brittle right and it's just freaking everywhere and i was just trying to imagine what it was like to be an immigrant especially especially if you were at the forefront and you're blazing those trails of like oh, yeah. somebody had to cut all that crap down that, i know and it was miserable too it was thick yeah well, I let Cheryl drive that part, um, and so I was just sitting in my passenger seat as my car was just screeching, <laughs> and I was like, you know what, whatever, it'll happen. Yeah. But I, uh, yeah, I didn't let her forget. Don't hit that one. <laughs> it was impossible <laughs> to uh, not to hit them. Yeah, you're gonna get some pinstriping if you go through there, unless uh, BLM goes and does some serious trim job, and I don't think that's happening anytime soon. Yeah. We made a quick stop at um, Stevenson Camp. I think that was probably the nicest cabin that we visited along the way. Um, we spent some time there. Thomas collected a bunch of uh, a bunch of obsidian. It was like everywhere up there. It was kind of crazy, but that was that was a really cool cabin to stay at. I mean, we didn't stay at it, but if if you wanted to stay, I feel like it would be a cool one to stay at. Oh, but that was yeah. outside of of High Rock. Yeah, that was kind of at the very top. Once you're kind of into the highlands yeah, and yeah, stuff, yeah. where it's just like rolling hills and stuff like that, you feel like you're. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, Stevens Camp. Yeah, it was like the yes. old collecting lodge or something, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I think I don't know if it was the Conservation Corps or somebody yeah. like rebuilt it, but it actually, if you come out there with a a generator, you can yeah. plug it in, and there's lights in there that you can use, and I think there's even like refrigerator and some other stuff that you can use as well. But it's a really, really yeah, well taken care of cabin. Yeah, yeah, really well kept. Yeah. Um, we kept pushing along. Um, I didn't know where we, I thought we were going to camp at the uh, the Massacre Ranch cabin, but we got out there and somebody was out there with like a giant fifth wheel already. Fifth wheel, yeah. Um, <laughs> And we didn't really know where we were going to camp because like Joey said, there's not a whole lot of campsites out there because you just have this, this thick desert. I got to figure out what the heck it's called. This brush that's everywhere. Um, that, that makes it really hard to, you know, find sites, especially if you got seven rigs. So we were trying to figure out where we were going to go. We were looking at massacre rim because we were right at a County road right there. And I said, well, let me, let me go do some exploring. Uh, it didn't look like we had a lot of great options at that time. And we didn't. Um, and I just followed some random road that ended up out by a windmill and some other stuff out that way. It, it didn't look super duper nice during the day, but I kind of feel like it, it kind of had the same ambiance as Soldier Meadows. It's like once, once it got a little bit cooler, once the sun started going down, you know, like with the windmill there, it really, it really felt different. I thought. Yeah. I, you know what I noticed sort of across the board, whenever we got to a, a camp and it, the sun was still high in the sky and it was hot and, you know, you just felt like dehydrated. It was just get out of the car, put, you know, your awning out, relax under the shade and just let the sun start to creep down. And as soon as that, you know, that light changes and everything, all the colors just start to illuminate the mountains, the playa, this and that yeah. and it becomes sort of a, a new world and a lot more breathtaking um, and, you know, a little less monochromatic and, uh, and 
gets really nice and then it cools down and everybody starts cooking and, and it becomes a really beautiful campsite. And that's what happened with that last, well, that was the last night that I was there, you know, and you know, the old windmill being right there and uh, it just provided a cool desert backdrop, you know, to, you know, again, watch the sunset, you know, the stars, the Milky way, the moon rise. It was all just a beautiful night. So. Yeah, I, th I think it worked out given kind of the, the cards that we were dealt. Um, yeah. And then I, I totally agree. Like once uh, once that sun starts going down, like the sky just like changes and the landscape yeah. just kind of like comes alive and all that. <clears throat> but but that being said, it was it was hard to it, it it was hard to follow the previous night when we were at Soldier Meadows. Yes. Springs where it was just you know I mean and also you know there's a there's a bathroom at soldier meadows and everything mm -hmm. like it was just sort of the the best case scenario to be out in the middle of the desert and to have you know just amenities and, and, and something to do at night um an open roof bathroom which is really okay, well, nice was, right was yeah there's like no flies in there and stuff like that so no door know, just like a little l so you'd have to kind yep. of snake around and then you have an open roof bathroom i thought it was genius yeah you know? yeah <laughs> I was like, I, I wish they would do stuff like that in Death Valley, but probably wouldn't work in the middle of summer. But, you know, yeah. it is what it is. Um, yeah, so that was a really, really cool spot. Um, we woke up the next day, and I know you had to head home. I don't remember if it was for you or Cheryl, but you guys need to head home, and some other people decided to head home as well. Um, yeah, Ron peeled okay. off. Ron peeled off as well. I know Tatiana yeah, had, had kind of had her limit for sure. And then, so who was left with us? It was Andreas, Bobby, and Emilio, Rob. Yeah. Were we with anybody else? I think that's it, huh? No, Alex came with us. Alex went with you guys. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I remember he said he needed to get home as well. So we ended up driving back the county road, and this is part of the route that we ended up changing. Um, it's just a lot of miles. Uh, if you kind of remember when we were when we left the campsite, that big gravel road, we probably did eighty miles like that on gravel road, right? And how was your gas? I mean, I was fine because I yeah, you yeah. know I have a thirty-one gallon diesel tank, so I was I was more than fine. Um, you know, a uh, couple of the highlights on the way back, uh, we stopped at the Lund Petrified Forest. It's interesting to stop there for a couple of minutes. It might be more interesting to kind of get out and walk around and see some of the other stuff. They have a, a couple of like petrified logs, like in these, uh, enclosures of chain link fence that you can check out, but there's stuff further up the hill that you can check out. And then one of the other cool things was, um, Razor Canyon. That was actually like really cool as we kind of drove through. We passed through Lead, Leadfield mine, Mining Camp. We didn't actually drive up there, but you could see it from the road. I definitely want to go back there and check it out. It looks like there's at least one or two buildings that are still up there. And then we tried to go to Fly Geyser. So Fly Geyser is this man-made geyser um, that, you know, erupts every so often, but it was bought by Burning Man. And so they, they use it for water to go bring out to the playa to try to prevent dust storms. I don't know how good that is. It doesn't oh, sound very ecologically. They just get to like put it in their water trucks and just kind of. 
they're literally when we were there just like water truck after water truck showing yeah. up and they're going out to the playa and just you know putting that yeah. water out there but um going back to the fly geyser you can actually make you have to make a reservation there if you want to go check it out i think it was closed regardless because I they had all those water trucks running when when we were there for burning man we didn't get to check it out but you can make a reservation there and apparently you can get like a tour and go check out the uh the geyser and all that stuff so i definitely want to do that next time we're out there we ended up going to gerlock i think we went to bruno's country club um had a nice little meal kind of like divey restaurant bar kind of feel to it bobby and yeah. emilio were kind enough to pay the bill for everyone so thank you to both of them for doing that definitely awesome people filled us in on a lot of Burning Man history as well. Um, and then we thought we were going to camp on the playa, but it was like 102 that day. Oh. Like, you know, like that lower elevation, even in the shade, pretty brutal. That was like the hottest day that we were out there. Um, yeah. But Rob hadn't been on the playa. So I said, well, let's go. Let's go drive out on the playa. We'll get some pictures and all that stuff. So we got to do that since he arrived late at Soldier Meadows. And then we ended up going down towards Downeyville to Gold Lake. Um, and we were just like, we got to get out of the heat, man. You know, and jumped in, jumped in the lake, got all that playa dust off of us. And it was, it was super nice. Um, so that was, that was the Black Rock Desert Adventure route. What did, what did you think about it? I really enjoyed it. It wasn't the most technical trip no. ever done but it was super enjoyable and it was enough it, to break my truck but you know <laughs> <laughs> it was cool i really liked the pace at which we set for it which was you know slow and yeah. you know having long lunch breaks and and finding good places to camp and not trying to just do miles and miles and it was awesome and you know we were just raving about it on the entire way home just how you know it was a lot of fun to be out there yeah yeah, I mean, having having good folks out there certainly helps, and I think you've 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 seen the evolution of me leading trips here, of going from <laughs> big days, putting in lots of mileage, to saying let's enjoy ourselves. You know, there's there's always another time you come out here and explore. I, I do feel like it is more enjoyable. I, I think the saying "less is more" goes a long way, especially when you're kind of um, doing these sort of trips. It just, it just gives you more time to enjoy stuff and take it in, you know? Yeah. I mean, and it's really awesome to get out of the car and just kind of relax and hang out with the other folks on the, you know, on the trip. For sure. For sure. Um, one thing that I want to add before we kind of close things down is if you're going to go out to the desert, the, the shoulder seasons are probably the best time to go. We went in the middle of summer. It is the high desert, so it doesn't get as hot as Death Valley, but it can get triple digits. Uh, usually in summertime, you know, your typical temperature is around 90 to 95. I think we hit 102 on that last day there, which was a little bit brutal. Uh, but other than that, I think we did pretty well, bring lots of water. Um, if I were to go back, I would probably go in late May, the one thing to note is that High Rock Canyon is closed every year. It has to do with the birds out there. They're nesting. I think it's like February until like mid-May or something like that. But if you go in May, you're going to get the longer days. 
And then you're going to get some greenery out there as well from, you know, hopefully the recent rains and stuff like that. And hopefully the playa will be dried out too. So you get to kind of experience longer days, not super duper hot weather in greenery as well. You know, if you're going out there in late October, early November, you're dealing with uh, potentially it's getting dark at like five o'clock or something like that out there. So just something oh, to keep yeah. in mind. So somebody's thinking about doing uh, heading to the Black Rock Desert, not for Burning Man, to do some off-roading and some exploring. Uh, he's got one more thing before. before I don't know. I was gonna say. On. I was just, if uh, I thought you were gonna ask, do you have any tips? And I, I have one. Yes, tip. give us a, give, the okay, water. Give us your your one tip. Water, What's the one tip? Water, water, gas, or obviously, but um, bring your battery-powered Milwaukee small blower. Ah, it's a DeWalt. It's a DeWalt, by the well, way. Well, you um, have a DeWalt. I have all Milwaukee yes. batteries. Oh, you have a Milwaukee. Okay, well, I can't talk yeah, to you yeah. anymore. <laughs> you bought one. I like everything red, my shoes, my car, my tools. Okay, we have to tell the story of this before we close things down here. So um, our friend Daniel, uh, we all met at, at, at a trip. I Was it twenty? Was it 2019 or 2020? Was 2020. the pandemic? The pandemic. I guess it was right before the pandemic. Or was the pandemic happening? Um, it, regardless, it was. I don't a, know. It was, it a, co <laughs> it was a couple was years right ago. I think it was right uh, before the pandemic. We've kept in touch since then, but um, our friend Daniel bust out this Dewalt shop blower, and he uses it to like blow off his German Shepherd to get all the hair off of her before she gets in the tent with him, and he uses it to get like the dust off of his truck, and and it's hilarious because people look at him like he's a kook when he busts it out and then they see him use it and they're like can i go try it and i totally i was giving him for it i i was giving him crap too and i'm like can i try it i'm like wow this this thing is incredible and so a couple weeks after he busted it out on our la sierra trip probably a month before the, the black rock desert trip i was like i'm buying one so i bought one before we went on Black Rock Desert, because I knew we were going to be caked in uh, dust. And uh, sure enough, you know, everybody's looking at me like I'm some weirdo running across the desert like buck naked. One, one by one, everybody's bringing yes. a beer. Hey, can I borrow that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then Ron was doing it everywhere. And then like the next day, I'd be like, okay, I, I can't like this battery to recharge. It actually sucks a lot of my Jackery up. Right. And he's like, yeah. Oh, I have, I have another DeWalt battery. And so I'm like, Oh, here, here you go, Ron. And he just like took his own battery in and like was nice taking care of it. But I think um, you already bought one and I'm sure some other people are probably going to buy one yeah. too. That thing's, that thing's essential. Yes. Never going out without one again. Yes. We are going to <laughs> Before do sliders and a compressor. Hey, it's all about prioritization, right? You, you've made it this far without sliders. Um, <laughs> we are going to close it down now that you've given your tip. It was an excellent tip. Whether you want an old Milwaukee blower or a DeWalt blower, those things are incredible. But um, for somebody that's thinking about going out to the Black Rock Desert, why, why should they consider this place or this route? I think it's just one of those be beautiful places to see and to experience. Um, and it has its own uniqueness. Uh, and 
you know, I it's re- I don't think it's really a site that a lot of people get to go to, to be honest. It's a little off the beaten path. And I think if anybody even knows where it is, it's going to be because of Burning Man. Um, yeah. And I never even would have honestly considered it until somebody, you know, it was it's always been you saying, hey, you know, let, let's if you know there's not too many fires or if you know the weather is going to be okay let's try to make it out to black rock and that's really the only reason i knew about it but um but it there's zero expectations um just because i never really did any research and so it was fun to go out there and just get to kind of see what it's all about and um yeah it was a lot of fun and I will say this for the folks from Idaho and Oregon who love going out to the Alver Desert. The Black Rock Desert Playa is bigger. Um, it's different. You know, you have Steens Mountain, some other cool stuff to check out there. But it is not that much further to go down to the Black Rock Desert than the Alverde. I've heard a lot of people go out that way uh, to get their Instagram shots. Um but there's a lot more to explore out there than just the playa. So check out the Black Rock. It is a fantastic place to go to. We'll definitely be going out there soon. And speaking of the Black Rock Desert, we are in the process of uh, filing for permits to run paid tours out there. So keep an eye out on that. That will hopefully be happening in spring of 2023. Check the website www.overlandtrailguides.com for that. I uh, want to thank our guest one more time, Joey Grimmer. Thanks for joining. Um, you make these trips super enjoyable. Always great company. Hopefully we'll get out on another trip soon. And that's the end of this episode. My name is Ben. I am your host signing off. Until next time, happy trails. Happy trails.